Welcome, welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk. I'm Kat Troyer. I'm Liz Bronson. Hey, Liz. Hello, Kat. We have a question. <laughs> ah! So exciting. <laughs> so exciting because I love that listeners want to know what to do in situations of work where we feel like we can be helpful. So it's awesome. So we are going to get right to it. We are going to be talking about asking for a raise today. And we are going to give the question and then we're going to talk through kind of what we think of as best practices, processes, hiccups, issues in asking for a raise because our goal is for you, the listener, to feel empowered to go for it or to think, I don't need to go for it. But we're putting the power in your hands so that you're not sitting there at your desk, angry typing because you feel like you're underpaid and there's nothing you can do about it. No angry typing. Absolutely. Let's go for it. Cat. Let's do it. What's All right. Question? So, so a listener who we'll call Jane asks, how do I ask for a raise? In about a month, I'll be having my yearly review. The company gives a 2% raise to anyone making over a certain amount. And last year, I received 7% because I did an incredible job and profits were very high. This year, profits are down, but I've accomplished a lot, from cost-cutting, leading to savings, to new innovation, to better workflow. I have a rare role, so there isn't a lot of market data from our competitors. Help, help, help. Ah, Wow, that's a biggie. And my first thought is that I'm really proud of Jane for reaching out before her meeting with her manager to get help and also for to start thinking about it a month before that big meeting. Because honestly, thinking the night before at 10 o'clock at night, oh gosh, I'm meeting with my manager and I really want to raise, what do I do? Is not enough yeah. time to prepare and it's not enough time to get your thoughts together and then you are not going to go in as strong as you will after you listen to this podcast. Having a strategy is a good thing. So, and, mm-hmm. and being able to give yourself time to create a strategy is an even better thing. So, awesome. So, number one, yay, Jane, you're thinking about it early and getting prepared. So, bravo. And then my second thought, and this is a not as positive, is when you're asking for a raise when your company isn't doing well, especially when you were compensated better last year or the year before, is extra tough. So I want to address that one first, because I think before Jane goes into the raise conversation, she really needs to do a big evaluation around timing. Kat, what do you Mm -hmm. think? I'm on the same page with you on this one, Liz. I think that if you're going to go in and say that you need um, a bigger raise than what is customary, you also probably want to be prepared to have your resume updated and to be searching. <laughs> yeah, because they may say no and then they may, things may not go well after. Yeah, they might question her loyalty. And I've mm-hmm. seen that happen um, more times than I, you know, more times than you want to see. And I, I think it would be wise to take a minute there to to talk about how sometimes the raise and the bonus pool work. So when you're going into that annual compensation cycle, you know, what generally happens and some companies it's end of the year, some companies it's their fiscal end of year, whatever, is that there's a big evaluation by the finance department 
around next year's budget. And usually Mm -hmm. it's based on a combination of the current year's budget and projected sales. And again, I'm simplifying and generalizing. Other companies may be different. Tell us if your company works differently. But in that- most companies work this way. In that budgeting process, there's a bucket, if you will, for raises and a bucket for bonuses if the company does bonuses. And for those buckets to fill, a certain level of success has to be achieved. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. and it may not be the fault of every single person at the company, but just by nature of sales coming in, the market, the economy, you name it, those buckets don't fill. And then there isn't money for raises and bonuses, which has nothing to do with individual performance. It goes back to kind of the rule that we've said in this podcast a few times. Sometimes it does not have to do with you. Right, right. So when those buckets don't fill, it's not always the best time to put your hand out. And then it can be time to think of other creative compensation or things like that. But I don't know. I, I, I'm very wary of Jane asking for a raise in a down year when she got a raise last mm-hmm. year, because there may be someone that they wanted to give a raise to last year and couldn't. And now they've got a, a bigger problem with that person. I don't know. Your thoughts, Kat? No, I'm really on the same page with you on this. When the company is not doing well, it's generally not a good time to push the boundaries. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, that's essentially what she's saying she wants to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when, you know, wanting a, wanting a bigger raise than the standard. Of course we all want that. I mean, money is why we work, but we have to take into consideration how the company is doing. And if the company was doing well, that would probably be a different conversation. And maybe we should start with that. Yeah. So Kat, go, go for it. Like if, if a com- if you know your company's had a banner year, mm-hmm. how do you prepare yourself to get a bigger slice of the pie? Well, a couple things you want to look at, you want to look at data, market data, company data, uh, and also the value that you add. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the market data and the company data you research and the value that you add, it's it's really smart. I was having a conversation with uh, someone that I work with at one of my client companies that I do ongoing coaching with, work with last week. And I was encouraging her to, you know, keep track of everything she's doing, right? Of all of the major goals that she's working on and putting in a spreadsheet so that she can see what her goals were and then when, when they were completed. Mm-hmm. And then when she goes back next year at review time, She's not going to forget because the key thing she's got. So it's smart to keep a log of what you're doing. Yes. Especially when you want to advance yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I think that to build on that, if you're looking for a raise, then theoretically what you're saying is I'm worth more than what you think I'm worth now. You need to have documented and have that proof Mm -hmm. of what you're worth. And I, I agree with you. I think that in Jane's case, But in anybody asking, if you're going in asking, it's all about the data. And the more data Mm -hmm. you have from competitor companies and my role at the company across the street that does the exact same thing is paid X percent more than I'm making, thus implying I can go across the street 
for a big right. bump. Do you want to lose me? Because using competitive data, that's exactly what you're saying. Now, you don't have to say it that directly. Oh, In no. fact, it might be wiser to um, to position that a little bit differently. No, I would never. Because, yes. No, be, right. do not say because that. that because because that direct communication, that's going to cause, you know, that that might cause you some challenges uh, on how you're perceived. Absolutely. So how we say things is really, really important. But then in, in addition to all the market data, you want to be really coming, if you're asking for a raise that's bigger than what is expected for the role, mm-hmm. you want to go in there with some <clears throat> some solid information about how you impacted their bottom line. Absolutely. Right? So did you, did you help them save money? Mm-hmm. Did, you know, did you help with cost control? Did you help them, you know, did you help the bottom line? Did you make money for the firm? So I think that all of those things are important to be prepared and to just really go in and ask, but there's a way to ask that's more effective uh, than going in and just saying, I want this because. Mm -hmm. And I'll be a little bit clear that I would never say I could take the job across the street, but when you're giving market data, Mm -hmm. it's the unsaid implication. Do not say Uh that. But by giving market data for competitive companies Mm -hmm. of what your job is paid, you're telling them subliminally that you know that you could get that elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And that you know the market. Yes. And you know what you're worth and that you Mm -hmm. should be paid what you're worth because you're good. But I think that Kat is 100% right that you have to show your bottom line value Let's say you did a job and a half so that they didn't have to hire someone until Q3 instead of hiring them in Q1. Mm -hmm. That's money in the bank for the company based on the work you did. Or let's say you did an evaluation and got a new vendor for your paper goods and saved the company $100,000. That's value you added to the bottom line. And the more you can show how you as a person being there, is adding value. If you're a salesperson at a store in the mall and you show that you've been the top salesperson bringing in 20% more than anybody else on your ship, you're showing that losing you would be a sad thing or not paying you more would be a bad thing for the store. So whatever data you can give that shows your value is going to help you make the argument for why you should be paid more. Absolutely. And Liz... How about um, how about another tip for preparing for when you go into those conversations? What it, what it, what would you advise someone to how to prepare for that? Yes. So one thing that I love that Jane did is she started thinking about it a month earlier because that mm-hmm. night before, when you're getting yourself all fired up and then you go in all fiery with your boss, doesn't go well. You've got to take the emotion out of it, and that's why we our number one tip is data, data, data. Go in Mm -hmm. calm, go in with your facts, have it written down of what your facts are because you will forget fact number Mm -hmm. three, seven, and eight if you don't Mm -hmm. have it written down. And do whatever you have to do to remove that emotion before you go in. But you are going in to a fact-based, calm, cool, and collected conversation. As much as possible. As much as Mm -hmm. possible. You go in there crying that you know Cindy in the row next to you makes more than you and it's not fair and why are they always picking on you? Mm -hmm. That does not put you in a powerful position. No, in fact, in fact, you might get um, called out on knowing what your colleague makes. I mean, you may know what your colleague makes, but it's not, this time is not the time to let that be known. Mm -mm. In fact, it's probably not a good time to let that be known ever. Yeah. 
No, well, I differ from you a little bit on that because at one point I knew I was the lowest paid recruiter in my group and I was also the highest performer. Mm-hmm. And I knew that because okay. we were yeah. all hourly consultants mm-hmm. and we, I found out. And, and I think as a consultant, as a consultant, it's a little different it too. It is. Than, than an employment situation. But, you know, still in that situation, there's a way to navigate that. And my guess is you navigated it very well and got yourself up to market level, may right? Have, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I also mm-hmm. said, like, I, I basically, I asked why and things were corrected after that. Did you ask your manager what they think of your pay? I did. I, well, I, and I, and they started stumbling and I said, you know, and I, I know, I know I'm the lowest paid one in the group. And I want to know why you think that that, is right. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And I got some more stammering. And amazingly, the next week, look who got a raise, this kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, so back to tip number two, remove the emotion, be cool, do what you have to do outside to get cool. Have the fiery yes. pretend conversation with your best friend, get it out of the mm-hmm. way and then go in all cool because you already yelled mm-hmm. about it. So yeah, never discount the power of a few deep breaths before going into a meeting. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I would say don't have a cup of coffee right before the meeting. <laughs> Seriously, right. because that can just get mm-hmm. you excited. Like mm-hmm. go in cool and calm. So maybe maybe bring a nice cup, cup, cup of tea, decaf yeah. into, you know, some herbal tea with you. Stay hydrated, lots of water. But go in cool. You know, you have the triple espresso latte. You may not remain so cool. Yeah. It's harder not to be jittery with that much caffeine. And like, I love your voice right now, Kat. You're cool. Mm -hmm. You're not hyped up. You're calm. We're talking calmly about money, which is an important thing, but we're calm about it. Mm -hmm. Keep that all in mind because your professionalism in this moment is one of the key success factors in you being successful in the conversation. And if you ask your boss what what they think of your current pay, give them the opportunity to answer. So ask the question and shut up. Mm-hmm. And listen. And, and wait for the response. And it's okay if there's a bit of silence in between the response. Because mm-hmm. that's a pretty direct question. Your manager may not have been expecting that. So it might take them a couple (laughs) seconds to formulate a response to that. But I think that the question is a good one. And that's, Jane, I would lead with that. Um, If you're going in saying, what do you think I'm worth? You know, what do you think I should be paying? Or in an ideal world, what would you think that my role is valued to the company? And listen to what they say. And Mm -hmm. if they say something like, I think you're grossly underpaid, I mean, overpaid. If I think, if they say, I think you're grossly overpaid, or I really think you're lucky to have this, you know, if they say something that you're going to be climbing up a mountain to combat, Mm -hmm. I would think about stopping the conversation or pivoting the conversation to your performance or just turning it Mm -hmm. into, I just want to check in with you, how you think I'm doing. If they say, you know, you are the highest paid person at this company by Mm -hmm. a mile doing anything close to what you're doing, you're not going to be successful. And so you may want to rethink your strategy and doing that on the fly 
is very, very risky. And if a manager said to me that I think you're overcompensated, Kat, that would be a signal to me to update my resume. Oh, yeah. And to start having some conversations. Mm -hmm. And to go back to what we talked about in episode one, thinking about what is, you know, if I'm going to make a move, what are the important qualities Mm -hmm. of the job that I'm looking for? Mm -hmm. Getting really clear on what it is that you want. And what it is that you need. Mm -hmm. And I think that if the person says to you, uh, you know, on the converse, if they say like, you're totally overpaid, you lucky duck, pivot, rethink, refresh. If they say, gosh, Kat, I wish I could pay you more. Our budget is so tight. We're having a really lean year. You are worth so much to me. And this is why I think you're fantastic. The minute I can, you know, I already have put in for a raise for you when budgets open up. You got to listen to that and hear it. Mm -hmm. And putting more pressure on that isn't going to help it happen if it's already in motion as much as it can be. Mm -hmm. And what you say is, oh my goodness, thank you so much. I'm so glad you see that. I know that I know the value I bring and I'm, I know that I'm under market right now in terms of my pay. And I'm so glad that you're fighting for me to get what I deserve. Thank you so much for supporting me. That's definitely the right thing to say. And, and cut it and then know your valued and, and sit with that. Cause that, that's a pretty good mm-hmm. feeling to know that someone is going to bat for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you've got a manager who's willing to fight for you and who's willing to be a mentor mm-hmm. um, and sees your value, that's, you know, those are three components that are pretty important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to weigh those versus, you know, popping out the resume and starting the search. Yes. Because not, not every situation is going to be ideal. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a pretty good situation, it might be worth it to ask yourself how you could make it better for yourself. Mm-hmm how you might be able to shift some perspective perhaps mm-hmm. and put on your patience cap for, you know, for, for the, the period of the challenging period that the business is going through. But it's a, it's a personal decision, right? There's, there's a lot that is played into that. So each person's situation is unique with their both desires and their requirements mm-hmm. as, you know, as well as the climate of the company. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's a lot to take into consideration. There, absolutely. And I think that you also have to look at all the things that go into compensation. And, you know, for Jane, she needs to look at all the ways she's paid. You can look at flexibility. Mm -hmm. You know what, when you're, if the money's not there, if you could then say to your manager, hey, you know, my commute is really getting me down. Would you be okay with me working at home on Fridays as long as I'm available between nine and five? In some jobs, obviously, you can't work from home in certain customer-facing roles, but maybe they'll say yes. And look at that. You just got compensation without any cash, but you got some time back in your day and a day to work in yoga pants and life is good. A little flexibility can be worth a lot to some people, and it just depends on what your criteria is. Mm -hmm. And so I would say you've got to really look at all the different things that go into pay and go back to that list of must-have, nice-to-have, want-to-haves, and see if there's anything on those lists that could maybe be negotiated if cash is not available. But look at your vacation. Look at your flexibility. Look at those benefits. Like, 
gosh, there are some companies that have amazing benefits and there's some companies Mm -hmm. that have not amazing benefits and the Mm -hmm. cash value of the amazing ones. Mm -hmm. Like health benefits for one. I mean, there is a full spectrum of what companies offer Mm -hmm. and some companies you don't pay anything and have the best possible insurance that is available. Mm -hmm. Other companies, you know, they're going to, they're going to give the minimum and it's okay to compare that mm-hmm. and, and to know what you have and 401k match, mm-hmm. you know, um, ESPP mm-hmm. vacation flex days. Do they have sick mm-hmm. days? Do they pay out vacation at the end of the year? What's the bonus program? If there's a bonus mm-hmm. program, what other perks are there? Do they have a matching, a matching donation program? <sighs> Do they offer time off for volunteering? One company that both Liz and I have, are know very well, they offer a week of that every mm-hmm. year. And that's a really awesome benefit that I bet not very many people take advantage of. Not enough. No, no, everybody should. If you have volunteer leave, you should always, always take it mm-hmm. um, and give back and then show the company how they give back. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing. But think if if you have a boss that every time your kid has an illness that you can call and say, I'm sorry, I've got to work at home. My kid is sick. That is priceless. Mm-hmm. To know that you're not getting a a little X mark. I ask people to look at all the different things that go into compensation and Mm -hmm. see if it's working for you. And if it's not, you have to take that into account. I will also say one thing. If your life situation changes and all of a sudden the compensation that was okay in one life situation isn't okay in another life Mm -hmm. situation, it's kind of not your company's problem. Right. And so going in like, I need more money because my life situation changed. Mm-hmm. That is definitely not coming from a position of power. Mm-hmm. You have to stay data-driven and calm, cool, and collected when you have these conversations. Right. And you can't fight for a raise because of the life change. Your conversation around compensation is always around your job and your performance. And the market. And the market. hmm mm-hmm. Other stuff can't come into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had talked a few episodes back when we were talking about negotiating offers. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that both you and I believe is that when when a company comes with a final offer, there's not a lot of flexibility mm-hmm. there. I think that's the way it usually works. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's usually a very fair statement and pretty accurate. But I came across a situation in the last month or so after we recorded that other episode where someone came to me for advice on navigating a job offer, had been a long-term contractor with the firm. And the manager who she had worked with for years and years had left for another position. And she is, I mean, basically they created the job opening for her, but they offered her, I don't know, 25, 30K less than what she was comfortable with. Especially when you're moving from a contractor compensation into a full-time employee compensation, that can you can feel that sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Because the dollars are usually higher in the contract position, but there's so many benefits on the full-time position that it kind of balances out. But in this particular case, she came to me and she said, well, they've, they've given me a final offer. So I advised her not to push too hard. Mm-hmm. When I hear final offer, most of the companies I've worked for, when it's final offer, it's a final That's offer. It. But this is a case where she actually went back and did one more push and got what she wanted. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to share that with with all you know with the listeners here because sometimes pushing works. Mm-hmm. But just be careful. Yes. 
because you don't want to push yourself out of an offer either. Well, and you don't want to push yourself into the situation of who who does he or she think they are. Mm-hmm. So again, that's where data, mm-hmm. true, real market and value add data totally come into play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're right. The things that you think aren't negotiable can be. I think that if you follow the rule of thumb, and I think it's important to know here that, and every company is different. A lot of companies are going to like, there is no vacation policy, take it when you need it. And so, but if your company gives X amount of days of vacation, if you've been there for less than five years and Y number of vacation of more, usually that's kind of non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Unless you have a manager who's like, you know, take that extra few days, I'll turn my back and we overlook won't. that. Right. Yeah. We mm-hmm. but usually the HR policies, you can't take more than the days you mm-hmm. were allocated. Mm-hmm. Or you can't, if your job band gets a five percent bonus, five percent of your salary bonus. It's hard to expect more than mm-hmm. that and get it. Now sometimes when you overperform, like things happen, but if it's a rule of the company, it's hard to break. For mm-hmm. even for the greatest performer of all time, you need to know what you can negotiate and what you can't. Mm-hmm. So stay data driven mm-hmm. and don't make requests that are going to end up working against you, mm-hmm. right? If you make outrageous requests, you don't want to end up having your manager start considering you as a difficult person to work with because that. Once that happens, it's an uphill battle to overcome that. Now, it can be done, but why put yourself in that situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also don't be the squeaky wheel. Like you have the conversation, you're data-driven and awesome. They know you want to raise. The next week, don't come back to it. And then the next week, and then the next, like mm-hmm. listen to what your manager's response is. Sometimes your manager needs a week, two weeks, whatever they say to respond. Mm-hmm. And of course you follow mm-hmm. up and you set that meeting up and you go back in calmly, data-drivenly for the response. Mm-hmm. But once you have the response, you got to wait to bring this up again. Because if it comes up in every conversation, it gets really old really fast. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So it's it's a slippery one, Jane. So Kat, final thoughts for our friend Jane. I think Jane should go through a process of her ideal job and then go through her process, go through the same process with, with her current job and just really take a look at how different the two are. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I'm not sure because I don't know all the data, <laughs> but my gut tells me that her situation might not be as terrible as it currently feels to her. Yeah. But if you go through the process... And, and write it all down, then you can kind of have your list to compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. And that, that can be really insightful. Yeah. And one thing that to add on, also look at potential for future. So in yes. that moment where Jane's doing her list of pros and cons, what does your future look like there? So if you're like, mm-hmm. yep, once this company gets over its hump, I can see myself getting promoted and doing what I really have always dreamed of doing and having a larger team, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's not worth a couple shekels to give that all up unless mm-hmm. you find something that checks way more boxes. 
So, you know, when the company's in a downtime, it's a it's a time to evaluate. But if it's something that if it's in a kind of business that ebbs and flows or something like that, mm-hmm. if you see yourself long term having a great career and there's a lot of good things going, I advise not to let a few dollars get in the way. Mm-hmm. Especially if you feel valued. Absolutely. So look at the big picture mm-hmm. and really evaluate from a big picture perspective. Yeah. Take everything into consideration. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, Jane, I wish you luck because yeah, it's a tough one and it's a t- it's tough timing. So I wish her the best of luck and I wish all of you the best of luck in your comp negotiations. Any other thoughts, Kat, about negotiating for money? I think, you know, I think don't be afraid to ask, but, but be prepared for a no. What do you think the best timing is to ask for a raise? I think it's good to have conversations before the review process comes up so that you give your boss the opportunity to, you know, meet your request. Mm -hmm. So I would say anytime in the quarter, you know, in three months to one month before the review process is probably a good time to start having those conversations. I would have it around the budgeting season. Sure. Make sure your boss knows going into budgeting that you Mm -hmm. are hoping for a raise. And this is why with the data-driven calm, all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know... January 2nd, when the budget is closed, is not mm-hmm. the time. It's too late. Mm-hmm. Or when they call, they say, oh, you got this, you know, everyone across the board got 1%, so did you. Oh, well, I was really feeling underpaid and I was hoping for more. Yeah, they just did the budget. So you want them to go in the budget thinking, I need a 10% raise for cap. Mm-hmm. So know what fiscal year your company mm-hmm. operates on and when the budget season mm-hmm. is, right? And and have that line up with, you know, prior to your review. Yes. Yes. And and that doesn't mean that compensation conversations can't happen mid-year or at other times. They can. But the most effective time to try for change is in that annual review cycle mm-hmm. because of budgets. It's, you know, it, sometimes, again, when you take the emotion out, it's about... Is there money in the bank? Yep. What's the bottom line? What's the bottom line? So keep that all in mind and good luck. Yeah, good luck. We um, we had fun with this one, Jane, and we wish you the best of luck. And if you have any other questions to our listeners, we are actively, actively receiving questions. And we would love to answer your questions. Absolutely. Until next time. Good luck, happy negotiating, and let us know how it goes. Talk to you soon. This is Real Job Talk, a podcast about jobs, careers, and what's not said at the water cooler. Our website with all Real Job Talk-related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Instagram and Facebook at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kat Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat, And on LinkedIn, you can find me via Kathleen Nelson Troyer. 
And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm at Liz Consult. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is a Tech Reckoning production. Our producer is John Mark Froyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And we're here by the water cooler waiting to talk with you.